Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Com Report wherever you get your podcast. You're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in. And as a way of my saying thank you to, for helping this podcast grow, helping the YouTube page grow, I'm going to do one of my private Zooms for four of you listeners and stay tuned throughout the week. I'm going to drop whatever question it is that I want you to answer. So you can hit me up on Twitter, hit me up on YouTube, pick a couple from each spot, and we'll get together in a group and we'll go. And again, it's just my way of saying thank you for listening, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And don't forget, you can always read my work on ESPN.com. And the commanders open their mini camp this week, mandatory mini camp this week. So it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I'll be out there each day be doing a, a mini camp wrap up each day. So you got this podcast now and you're going to have one Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They'll be out as soon as we can get them out each day. So each day look for them and, and hopefully they'll be out early afternoon. Sometimes might be a little bit later. And so just, but it'll be out each day just to give you a little bit of flavor of what's going on during these mini camps. Really it's, there's a lot of, there's, there's really a lot of carryover from OTAs, but these are mandatory. So, that means that the expectation is that Chase Young, Montez Sweat, and of course, Charles Leno will be there this week. Got no indication that they won't be. Um, they don't. Nobody wants to be fined because there's no need. And, and I've never gotten the sense from Young or Sweat that they were staying away because of a contract situation. This is what they, again, this is what they've done in the past. They've worked out away from here at times in the past. So, so I, again, the expectations they'll be here. And these are voluntary. You show up, you produce, that's what matters most. If you're in shape, you're out there working out, that's what that's what they want to see. But you go out there and produce on Sundays, then that, again, is what matters most. <clears throat> so I have a few nuggets that I'm going to get to talking about look, kind of looking forward to these mini camp practices. A couple of things. I got some stuff on Emmanuel Forbes, Quan Martin, um, you know, is that the quarterback, competi- quarterback competition, or I don't even want to call it competition at this point, the quarterback situation. Uh, and, and a little bit more, but I'm going to start with one quick nugget on the ownership situation. And for those of you who don't like it all, when we talk about ownership situation, first of all, kind of a big deal. Secondly, give me about 30 seconds. Cause I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about this. So I'm going to time myself to say 30 seconds. So here we go. Josh, Josh, excuse me. Josh Harris is expected to meet with the NFL's finance committee on Wednesday. And that's kind of a, a step in this progress. They're going to try and work out whatever the financial situations, what they get, get his bid to NFL guidelines. There is a desire on both sides, motivated both sides to get this done. The Harris guy keeps saying it's for everybody I talk to is a matter of when, not if, but when it's going to be completed, 
I don't know because nobody does. So just stay tuned. That's all I have on that. There you go. 30 seconds, folks. So hopefully you guys all survive that. Now let's get to the fun on the field stuff because that's what matters most for this season. Let's, let's start with the quarterback discussion. Um, I'm curious to see how Sam Howell progresses throughout this week at minicamp. We'll get, the, the nice thing is to get to see somebody three days in a row because first week we see one day, second week we see one day. Is this indicative of his entire week or is it just a good day or is it just a hiccup of a day? What? So now it's kind of nice to see how he progresses <clears throat> over these three days. There's a couple of things. The first week we saw him, I thought he was pretty good. There were a couple, there were a couple of throws that you'd want to have back. Not all of them, you know, certain just there were a couple of decisions where I know that they that they would say, oh, you got to make a better decision here. And I know that because I talked to people. But overall, I thought he looked pretty good. His timing, his rhythm was really good. Last week, not there were more hiccups along the way. And I'm just gonna call him hiccups because the kids are he's still a young, he's a young quarterback. So there are going to be situations in practice that he's going to have to learn from. That's what the whole point of the spring is. But it wasn't quite as good as the first week. Why was that? And so it's nice to watch the progression over these three days. I think the big key for him is always, are you making good decisions? Are you throwing on time and in rhythm? Because the other stuff, you are they're not game planning against their own defense. So there are going to be situations that he might see that just like, hey, you know, you may not have the answers for that in a practice, in a game plan situation, they're going to provide more answers. So right now there's a lot, like, that's why I say the key is decision-making right now. That's, that's a big deal for him. So I'll be curious to see how he progresses this week with that and how they feel he's doing in that, because there's so much that we don't know when you're watching from the sidelines, we don't know like how the receiver was supposed to run a particular route. We don't know the timing always of the play. You can tell when a guy is throwing a rhythm because it's one, two, three, hit that plant step, boom, it's out. You know, five-step drop, boom, it's out. Those are, That's when you know, like, okay, the guy's really throwing a rhythm, and that's what I saw the first week. Um, so how does that? How does he progress there? The other thing is when we look at this quarterback situation, and we, talk, we were able to talk to the assistant coaches last Thursday and to Peter Pritchard, the quarterback's coach, was talking to him about this. What are the things that they, that they take into consideration when you're deciding a quarterback or anyways, when you're analyzing the quarterback situation? Because, again, this is Sam Howell's job to lose. That's how, you know, that's the way I'm looking at it. And I think that's how they are. When you say he's the guy going in, you're saying he's the guy going in. And if he continues to progress the way you're, you're happy with, then he's going to be the guy. And there's a lot to like about him. So one of the things that what Pritchard was talking about, you know, it's it's about how 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 are things going in the meeting room? How are guys progressing there? How is a smart guy? So is Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> so is Jake Fromm for that for that matter. But I think so you have a smart quarterback room. So that's that's another way they when you're you know if they if they do you know the whole question came up because if it's from my perspective it's like well if you're not rotating snaps how are you assessing a quarterback situation? Again, this is where he went to meeting rooms. Um, the kind of questions you ask: Are you grasping, grasping the the offense, etc.? Again, Howell's is considered a smart guy. How are guys responding to you? How are they responding to you on the field, in the huddle, in the in you know, in the locker room, etc.? That's also matter. And I think that guys tend really like Howell. I think they really like Brissett. I think they probably feel pretty good about the quarterback situation. Um, I think that's a big deal as well. 
And, you know, I think that's just, it's just something that when you're assessing a quarterback situation, so if they see that he's doing well here and here, then I think they're going to be pretty um, pleased with, how, with, with, you know, with that end of it. And that's a big deal. And then the, then it's like, what are you seeing on the field? Are you being consistent on the field? That's another factor in all this as well. And I think Brissett, you know, again, one week I thought like, eh, next week I thought he was better than he was the previous week. So it could just be that, hey, they may have just a better quarterback situation overall than they have had in a few years. And But again, with how you want to see, how does he progress? And um, the other thing I'd be curious to see is, because I know at one point there were some a couple of times when we're not out there that there were maybe one or two issues with a blitz. Well, they're not game planning for blitzes or anything like that. So it's just like when you see this, how do you react to it? And it kind of gives you some feel for in a game. You may get a look that you haven't seen before. How are you going to respond to it? So there's things that you can glean from it. It doesn't always, you know, it's sometimes it's not always just about the end result of a play. It's about the thought process. How are you thinking at the line, et cetera? So I think Howell, you know, has done, again, by all accounts, has done a pretty good job. I know they were pretty excited about him, certainly after that first week. And we'll we'll see what happens from there. And then that can carry them into the summer. The guy's worked a ton on it, um, off to, you know, on his own. And so I think there's a lot that they're going to feel good about going forward. But let's see what happens this week. Emmanuel Forbes. Really wanted to talk about him because you know, we had a chance to talk to Brett Visselmeyer again last Thursday. And there's a couple of things. One, I know there's talk about, you know, the inside stuff. This guy's an outside corner. All right. And when we was talking to Visselmeyer, like that's one thing. He's, and I'm going to play that interview for you at some point. But that's one of the things that he talked about. Well, he's an outside corner, but they are working him at times inside for a couple of reasons. One. Things and things happen faster in there, so it really forces you to think a lot faster. So you can see, then they they see it in him. They'll see one day or one play, he may react a certain way, and then the next play, when if the next time he sees that same thing, he reacts faster. So that's good training to play on the outside, where things don't, you know, it's again inside. It just happens faster. Uh, I think another reason is it, it can create. First of all, it helps you learn the defense even a little bit more because there's just a lot more you have to learn inside because there's a lot more possibilities in terms of route combinations, where they can go, what they can do. And I think it helps you. So for, for Forbes, if you're playing outside, you know, you, you're going to cut down, you can cut down a lot of routes just by alignment out there. But if he can get a clue also from what he sees of inside guys of an inside receiver, maybe that can help him on the outside as to what may be coming in his to if they're in a zone match, for example, what he can anticipate based on the alignment, based on his knowledge of playing inside. And he is a smart corner. So I think that's partly why they're doing it. And then another reason why they're doing that too is because what if, what if something happens in a game and they have they have to put him inside? He has to know it. So that's another reason why they want to work him in there is the what if situation. They've had injuries in the past during a game. And they want to make sure that they have guys who can do a couple of different things because of that. And then I think the other the other factor with it, too, is it, it's, it adds to the defensive versatility. It adds to the defensive versatility if you can have him with the ability to play occasionally in a slot situation, because then you can be a little bit more creative with what you do defensively. Benjamin St. Juice can be a good inside corner, and they like Kendall Fuller a lot on the outside. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you know the largest ropes course and zipline park in the country is right here in the DMV? Located in the heart of Montgomery County, the Adventure Park at Sandy Spring combines climbing and ziplining to create an aerial obstacle course unlike any other. With challenges anywhere from 10 to 75 feet in the air, there is something for all skill levels. Looking for some family time or the perfect date night before football season starts? You can even climb and zip line under the stars. Would you rather keep your feet on the ground? Give axe throwing a try. With their projector systems, you can throw at traditional targets, play tic-tac-toe, connect four, or even hunt zombies. Listeners of this show can get $5 off any ticket by entering the code KIME23DC at checkout. That's KIME, K-E-I-M, 23DC. So there you have it, folks. Climbing, ziplining, axes, food, and bonfires right in your backyard. The weather is warming up, so it's the perfect time to head outside and join the adventure at www.theadventurepark.com. That's www.theadventurepark.com. And enter promo code KIME23DC. With, with, with Forbes, one of the big things that they really liked with him so far is the anticipation skills that he's shown. And they're really, really good. And that's why he intercepted so many passes in college. But the kid is constantly, constantly getting his hands on that football in practice, whether knocking it away or picking it off. Um, they like how he, I guess for lack of a better phrase, transitions in his feet. And there have been some times where I've seen him get turned around or the, the receiver might turn him around, but he's not losing ground as he turns. And then he drives in the ball and breaks in the play. That's what they're talking about with their. Um, and then the other thing this and and I talked about, and he said, it's kind of like in golf. Sometimes, you know, if you hit a bad shot, if you're just kind of a weekend guy in golf, you may hit a bad shot and that bad shot may lead to a really bad hole. If you're a professional golfer, you know how to get out of trouble. And that's what they like about Forbes. He gets himself out of trouble as a corner because of some of these other skills. Now, the last thing I was going to talk about with him does involve Kendall Fuller. And that's where I think Forbes' smarts come into play. The best thing he can do is to pick Fuller's brain. I think Fuller is one of the smarter corners that I've been around. I think Visselmeyer basically said the same thing as well. But I, that's one of the reasons I've always enjoyed talking to Kendall, because I think he is a very smart corner. Um, and, you know, he, he could be a heck of a coach someday if he really wanted to be. I don't know that he wanted to be, but he could be because of how smart he is, how much he prepares. Forbes is picking his brain. So one of the things that they talked about that, that he, you know, he picked up, first of all, he's talking, he's talking to him in meetings a lot, comparing notes, et cetera. But one of the things that Fuller did talk to him about is, and I brought, I gave you an example a couple of weeks ago um, when he faced Cole Turner one time and how Turner kind of bodied him. 
That's going to happen. They're going to try and do that. And that that's just, even if he has answers for it, sometimes it's still going to happen. Why wouldn't you try that? He's a small, he's a skinnier corner and you have a big guy and a big target. If you can do that, why wouldn't you? But what I saw from Fuller, excuse me, from Forbes last week and taking some, what, what Fuller had told him is use your length to your advantage. So basically play to a side. And you saw that last week. There were a couple of times he broke up passes where he played to a side rather than, and one time it was against McLaurin, rather than McLaurin, McLaurin using his size. And not that Terry's a big, big guy, but he's bigger than Forbes. And he, he can make himself bigger because of how he plays. And he can play physical. But on the one, you know, on, and another time it was on Jahan Dotson. Well, Dotson's not going to be overly physical against him, but he did. But the point of it is the way he attacked on the play. He attacked on the Dotson one from the inside, broke up a play because he used that length. His, his long arms and against McLaurin, he attacked from the outside and he used that length not to break up the pass. So that's one of the things that he's picked up from Kendall Fuller that I think is kind of a big deal because he's going to, you know, like I said, we talked about this earlier. Okay. He's okay. He's got a size. He's got a size disadvantage at times. How do you compensate? Because he has skills that have gotten him to this point that are very, very good. So how do you use them? And that's what Fuller's suggestion to him was. And it's why that kid has a chance to be pretty good. And based on what we've seen so far, the kid, the kid's got a, really has a chance to make some plays for this team. And you saw, if you saw the clip from uh, their draft room, I don't know what it was playing last week. I think their website or their Twitter feed sent it out. Go back and watch it and see the reaction of the faces of the coaches and Jack Del Rio in particular. What you know, and that tells you how much they like this kid. And I, I'll be honest, man, there's not a thing that we've seen in the spring that suggests he's going to be anything other than what they hoped he would be. Now, who can, I'm not going to predict anything. I'm just going to say he's looked good so far. And that's what you want to see from your first round pick. Now, I told you Quan Martin. So one of the things that um, that that this Omar was talking about, too, is they really like him as a blitzer. And that's something that we're not going to see. You've seen, I have, we have seen him blitz a couple of times in practice, of course, but that's something that they really like in him. Cause so he's, he's got that versatility. He can play the Buffalo nickel. He can play the slot. Um, and the other thing that Vissemeyer said is they haven't used him a lot as a safety yet, or they haven't really kind of shown a lot with him at safety yet. And that's going to be a big role for him. And they feel like something he can handle because they feel like he is a smart player. So that's just a little bit on him. And then De'Ami Brown. And that's one of the things that when I was talking to Bobby Ingram, their, their receivers coach, and again, some of these interviews I'm going to play for you over the course of the next several weeks and into this, into the, as we get into the summer, one of the things Ingram talked about, and one, because, you know, when I actually, actually talked to De'Ami Brown about this too, like this is an offense that people feel will fit him well. And the funny thing is Brown told me that, before Bienemy was even hired, said that a friend of his told him that, man, the Chiefs offense would really fit your skill set well. And he agreed. So that's why he's pretty excited. What what transpires, I don't know, because he, right now he's their fourth receiver. So his his options or his his, his um, opportunities will be a little bit limited, but they do like it. And part of this, he, they, they've always liked him on some of these slants. But then I think it's it's the ability to go over the top and with Howell, who is pretty accurate down the field. So if you have guys who can hurt underneath with a Dotson, with a McLaurin, with Curtis Samuel, you put them out there with a with Kiami Brown, 
you know, even if it's just Brown as a third guy and you have two guys underneath who can hurt you on some of these underneath stuff, it could open up for him with a quarterback who has an arm to get it down the field. And who, you know, again, it may not be that he, I, I wouldn't look for him to get like 50 catches or anything like that, but if he can be a, you know, 25 to 30 catch guy and make some big plays for them, then that would be a big help in this offense. So we'll see, you know, um, I think that's just at this time of the year, you're looking, you know, what you're going to hear is reasons for optimism. And I think reason for optimism for Deami Brown is that now go out and show that people are right. There you go. Anyway, that's it for me, folks. Just want to give you a little bit of nuggets here and there and get you ready for mini camp this week. And like I said, Monday, excuse me, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we're talking to you each day, wrapping up each practice, what we saw, what I liked, you know, and I don't want to say what I didn't like because it's, this is the underwear Olympics at this time of the year. So there will, there will be some things you don't like and some things you have concerns about. And by the way, one of those concerns, it's going to be hard to tell where this offensive line is at based on the spring because when you're not in pads, it's really hard to get a full, accurate assessment of where that line is at. So that's something I'm going to get into much later about, you know, what what level of concern do you have about the offensive line? I think it's an, it, to me, it's an interesting position because they have made changes on paper, though. It's like, you know, how does that group, how does that group look? Is it really something where you say, is, how much better is it? Then I think the other thing that comes into play is, how much better can Howell's quick decision-making help the line? Because he is, you know, he has been a quick decision-maker. How much is that going to help? How much will the scheme help them? That's something we're not going to know until the season begins. But before that point, there's going to be a lot to assess. And I will have people on over the next several weeks to talk about the line and just where it's at, because it's obviously very important, not going to play it. It's just that it's harder to learn and gauge where they're really at right now because you're not, in pads and that coaches always tell you that you know so that's just something but i wouldn't minimize the importance of that line or what going or any concerns because we don't know anyway all that in coming weeks so i'll, I'll be talking to you tuesday after the first mini camp talk to you next time